Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. Fellas, what's going on? Nothing, nothing too major, mate. Just got a new housemate moved in, which has been good fun. And uh, got my uh, prelim final on the weekend, so just um, staying hydrated for that one. Plenty of water. Good, good. Dave? Um, Yeah, training hard. I'm going to try some 1x20 next week, which should be fun to try new things, which is good. Cool. Good. I've actually taken up boxing. Boxing? Yeah. Nice. I enjoy it. Yeah. Nice skill to learn. You've knocked anyone out yet? No. I, mean, I haven't got much hands. No. <laughs> hands going at the moment, but... Been punched yeah. yet? No, not yet. No? Okay. No. Oh, eventually, I'll um, do some sparring and see what happens. Good. Wouldn't want to come across you in a dark alley. No. Oh, well, I'll be swinging to the wall at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, why, why are we here today? What are we talking about? Uh, so we talk about um, goals, and specifically the different types of goals and how, um, I guess, the different types of goals can facilitate the growth and the progression to um, those bigger bigger overarching goals that the athletes might set out. And I guess from our perspective, how we've actually helped people, because obviously we talk about goals, um, what makes us individuals or you know somewhat experts in talking about this? Um, well, I guess number one, just from our own personal experience, I know each of us here have had our own goals, whether it might be in sport, um, growing up younger years, um, and just seeing how our own experiences have, have benefited us or have um, deterred us from being able to achieve those goals. So I guess from that one side of things, and then um, I guess number two is just experience with other athletes that we've had already and seeing that um, how, not their over-exuberant ambition is maybe deterring them, but just how we can better focus on being able to achieve those bigger goals just on a day-to-day basis and, and the steps that it may take to get there. Yeah, so essentially your goals give us direction. So, you know, we're, we're an athlete or a person that have goals, it gives us direction, n- not just, you know, just floating about goalless and aimless. So it gives us direction what we want to achieve in life. Yeah, yeah. it gives us some deliberate action yeah. at the end of the day. So not just turning up to training for the sake of training. You know, what are we trying to extract specifically our training like one of the things do we want to work on or focus on and develop which is going to help us towards our goals that's yeah. it so that's segues nice into our first question so a bit of direction so <laughs> as a coach we know goals are really important things to set on the journey of becoming successful athletes but not all goals are equal so can you go more into depth about what goals there are yeah so i guess there are i guess two main types of goals we've got outcome and process oriented goals so our outcome goals are sort of the end point um, and sort of the big picture um, point of success that athlete might want to achieve. So whether it be I don't know, achieving a national squad, making a representative team, um, playing professional league or getting that contract that um, athlete might want. And then the process goals is just the small steps, um, the small, small incremental milestones that the athletes need to achieve to, in order to get to that big um, outcome goal. So that might be um, achieving PVs in the gym, in training, um, getting state times, national times. Yeah, reducing the amount of injuries they're getting and um, extending the amount of time that they're being able to uh, train and play. Um, changing their uh, nutrition, improving fitness, um, improving their recovery. Um, I guess making changes to their weight or body composition, whatever it might be, to benefit their sport. Um, and then, yes, improving their ranking and then ultimately, I guess, improving their own self-confidence because they know they've done all the work that they need to do. So then, I guess, in turn, that's just going to feed hand-in-hand into achieving their um, their bigger outcome goal. 
Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that was well said. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, it's really well said. It's kind of like outcome goals are kind of like very external. You have to win this or you have to reach this level. You have to check, uh, reach that um, checkpoint. Whereas process more like it helps you to just, it's, you do process goals along the way to achieve an outcome-based goal. Yeah. But process lets you lets you know that y- your behaviors <coughs> and more internal-based stuff is driving you there. Yeah. So the outcome goals, I guess, are very objective. It's either you got it or you didn't. And the process goals are, yes, objective. You either got your PB or didn't. But yeah. in a other sense, it's a very subjective in nature. Like if things felt easier, they're moving better, that's going to improve your confidence. And confidence, I guess, is not very measurable it's up to the individual to be able to see so i guess that's yeah, another way that you can classify the different types of goals there is yeah. that if, if you know you're moving with more confidence you're able to um um i guess yeah achieve achieve the outcomes that you're after yeah i think another adding to that i guess with their process goals it's it helps to focus on the day-to-day stuff yeah more so and then you're living life with a little bit more purpose and a bit more pep in your step you know and the best part is I reckon having process-based goals is what happens when motivation dips? Yeah. It will dip. And will you be ready for it? That's the main thing. Yeah. And that's why having, you know, small process goals in terms of like turn up the training, having, you know, that diary of one or two things you can focus on. And that's all you have to focus on throughout that whole session. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Get the work done. Then you can, then you'll feel a lot more accomplished because of the delayed gratification that comes from that. Yeah, and it just makes it more realistic. Like if your goal is to I don't know, make the AFL and that's all you ever focus on, every day you go to the gym or you go around to the park to kick the footy and there's no goals for that individual session, all you're thinking about is I want to make the AFL. You haven't even made, I don't know, representative team, NAB league, you're not even best and fairest, blah, 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 whatever it might be. You realise how far, how far away you are from your goal you really are. So it's just going to deter you and make okay, what's the point of even doing this? But yeah. If you give yourself the day, okay, each day, okay, so make the AFL, what do I need to do? Make this team, blah, 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 blah. Okay, how do I do that? I need a bit better handballing, um, better on my left foot, opposite foot, um, better tackling, better improve my fitness. And that gives you a goal each day. So you know, okay, well, I got better on my handballing today, so now I'm closer to my goal already. So yeah. it just breaks it down. It gives you that, um, I guess, snowball effect. But if you ever knock down these more process-oriented goals, then you're just going to gain... Um, a lot more confidence into achieving that, that bigger goal there. And it's it's kind of like the work harder and work smarter kind yeah. of idea. Eventually, like when you get to a point, you work you want to work as hard as you can to a point, then you're going to have to try and work smarter. And working smarter is setting up more process-orientated goals because eventually you will hit a wall from just working so hard on every single little thing. Yeah, because the process goals are all individual in nature. Like the outcome goals are very generic and broad for anyone. So, I don't know. X amount of kids want to make the AFL and that's a very broad goal but you know you've got individual positions you've got individual strengths in each position you've got um, individual weaknesses for each individual there as well so you're just breaking it down so the process is just becomes very individualised for the for the athlete for each sport very clear each, very clear to achieve yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. overwhelming that's right like mm. you're not going to have a ruckman that's trying to get the same fitness times as a midfielder or a small forward or um, expect the same sort of skill level and, and whatnot. So they're just breaking it down. Like we said, it's very subjective, very individualized, the process goals are. Whereas the outcome goals is just, I guess, a bit more generic and it's obviously, it's needed to have yeah, that yeah. Um, ambition to succeed. But um, yeah, we just need to break it down. A bit further. Yeah, I think with the outcome goals, it's like, especially if a really big goal, such as trying to like crack into the AFL or the NBA or the NFL or whatever it is, it's um, you always be kind of, upset that you're not there yet or like you're just ever so far away whereas if you're smart and you reverse engineer 
back the steps you need to take, then you can literally work it down to the simplest things where it might be sleep eight hours a night, get two grams of protein per kilo body weight, you know, things like that. Rock up to every single training. Yeah. Those process oriented goals will just build up brick by brick to achieve the outcome goal. Yeah, because if you're, I mean, if you're a kid now, say you're 14, 15, and your goal is to make the AFL, the, I guess the most common pathway is by making the draft under um, draft when you're 18 years old. And then if that's your big um, final crescendo and that doesn't occur to you, well, then it's very easy to just throw it all away, pack it all away. But, you know, the reality is there's so many other pathways to get to where you need to go. So I guess whether that's where the, I could say, the process... Um, goals come in handy okay well you didn't achieve this goal now it's just a hurdle um, that you need to overcome and then there's so many opportunities to still get to where you need to go exactly because you've done the process based things to get you to that level you already know it works and I'm just going to keep doing it until I get there that's it anything to add there no okay good Um, so yeah that's really good Um, so what steps can athletes take into achieving their long term goals can they use outcome based goals or process based goals to drive their progress yeah, so yeah, like we're just speaking about now, I guess it, the the main focus into bridging that big gap in between in the two is you're, you're taking the process oriented goal routes, obviously. So looking at their nutrition, so the amount of protein that they're getting, the amount of carbs and fats, we need a balance of all three there. Um, and then we can play around with the amount of protein for the sport. Um, if they're more power-based, going to need a bit more um, protein. So footy players, um, NRL, NRL players, basketball players, m- more or less so so any contact sports going to have different demands to non-contact sports and vice versa um obviously increased sleep the more you're training the more um, effort you're putting into his goals um the more physically fatiguing it's going to be but also the more mentally fatiguing it's going to be so ensuring that we're getting um enough sleep so more sleep is obviously um preferred especially for athletes and adolescents in those younger years as well um, their training, so having a clear focus in their training, um, whether it's every gym session or every training session um, for their sport, um, as well as in conditioning or speed sessions, so having that goal. Okay, so today I want to increase my deadlift. I want to get better on bench press, or you're going into a footy training where I want to, you know, spend 80% of my time on my dominant foot, spending 20% of time on my weak foot, and, and be able to improve that and have some metric. Um, to I guess assess whether you were successful or not in there as well um, and then yeah being able to assess whether you did or didn't um, achieve those um, targets for that individual session and then yeah looking at um, improving your stress management um, around the performance so improving your own confidence and whatnot and then yeah lastly is just is looking at results so the the process goals are subjective in nature. We still need a metric to be able to assess whether it's um, being achieved or whatnot. So, again, results, whether it be the weekend results, um, your training results, getting the PBs, improving, and then you'll be able to look at why, why not, and what can I do to um, get to there if I need to. Yeah, I think that's another, that's another really good one. It's about results. It's like sometimes these goals you won't achieve. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what can you do with that data? Like, it's like failure is a part of success, and that's another podcast. Um, so, scroll down through our podcast to find that one um but yeah it's definitely can you use the results to drive progress and if you're failing why are you failing and use that failure to drive even more progress yeah and it helps to ask questions or questions that would not necessarily pop up if we've got all this data and metrics right we're subjective objective you know um coaches feedback whatever it may be then we can actually start to ask, ask more questions and i think that's the route that we've taken here quite 
heavily now is getting as not as much data but extracting the right type of data specifically so for us swimmers you know you know going to their training sessions filming their swims but also um filming their dives filming their turns and extracting as much data as we can and tracking have those dives or turns actually improved over time based on what we see but also based on what the athlete feels um so then we can actually see whether or not we're going to transfer effect within the actual training so that's the one thing we, you you know swimmers would want to see is a transfer effect and what's actually happening the other thing that i like is is looking back specifically for the athletes and i think sometimes we forget how far we've come and i think this is the probably most important part of once you've got a process or a system in place it's, I think it's imperative to be able to backtrack and once you've followed it long enough it's like, and see what lessons you've actually learnt. And you may not know what the lessons are because you're just living it and you're not consciously aware of it. You just It's kind of on a subconscious level. Then you'd be like, huh, I actually have put the work in. I've done what what I think has been the most important thing and addressed the, the flaws or the the holes in my game or... Um, within just what I do in terms of nutrition and training wise we get the feedback from the coaches as well it's like and we know then they've kind of leveled up from that point as well as an athlete they've kind of moved on from when they first started kind of trying to work on everything at once then we concentrate their focus specifically on one or two things then we can kind of layer it with the next two things and the next two things and the next two things and that's kind of like the approach that we've done here and it's been really successful for many of our athletes to really kind of step up their game and there's that creates more buy-in because they're seeing the progress they're feeling the progress and we get them to backtrack to see where they were in order to move forward yeah yeah yep so yeah the next question is in athlete is there anything that you and trent do to help your athletes to stay on track with their goals and yeah to really minimize that risk of failure yeah so i think um Something we started trying to play around with now specifically is um, getting the athletes to use, whether it be a notebook, a diary, Google Calendar, whatever sort of tracking system they they like to use. There's plenty of um, apps or, or resources out there that, that they can use. Um, and just using it to, like we've been speaking about, track all these little things um, that they're doing each day and having a clear focus and plan for um, each process that they need to take to be able to achieve and a better race meet time this this weekend or whatever it might be. So um, looking at and ensuring that they have a goal for the block, so for each training block, um, whether that be for their sport or in the gym. Um, and again, that sort of comes hand in hand with the coaches. So they're working very closely with the coaches here and keeping an open communication to ensure that, um, you know, all parties are aware of what's going on. So, you know, making sure that the swim coaches know how much strength training's been done and vice versa so we're not overworking them um so yeah so the athlete knows what the goal of the block is whether it might be improving their general fitness improving their strength their power their speed or their specific needs that might have a deficit like i would just you know she addressed that her breaststroke was her weakest stroke in the im and the more we do we address that within the warm-up itself yeah and basically it's short course states she said that was probably the strongest leg yeah so then, yeah, then there's recess and the other three legs then to improve it for the next block. So, um, yeah, and then, so I guess number two is having the goal for the block and then having the goal for the individual session. So a Monday might be, I don't know, whatever the swimming session, it might be working on their pool. Tuesday might be working on their, their kick and then 
I don't know, Thursday might be another session. So they're the goal, individual goal for the session there for their individual sport, but then again here. So it might be, you know, we don't have to improve or go up in weight for every single exercise. Could, could every just single be day. just show up for the session and that's it. That could yeah. be one goal. Yeah. Um, it might be, I don't know, being able to do this movement in the warm-up and more control or be able to, I don't know, whatever it might be, whatever the yeah, yeah. individual goal is, whatever you're working on for the individual session. Um, and then um, it, having that assessment of yourself, so looking back at the end of the session and saying, yes, no, did I achieve what I wanted to? Um, if I didn't, why not? Uh, and what can I do next time? So that's where the coaches... Um, role is to be able to provide that feedback so if they're not able if they're not there watching you 24 7 like a hawk they might not be able to give that feedback so then it's up to the athlete to actively seek that feedback so like Trent was saying before um, it's important that the individual is as involved in the process as possible it's not supposed to be the coach telling you what to do okay this is your goal this is what you have to do because an athlete doesn't have any buy-in in that side of things so if the athlete sets their own goals for the session, for the block, um, then they're, they're going to want to seek that feedback. They want to know why. The athletes are competitive. They want to see success and they want to get to their big outcome goals. So if they're as involved in the process as they can be, then they're going to be, um, I guess, as devoted to, to seeking that feedback as well. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we actually do here, you know, with a few of the athletes, I've been doing like performance consultations with them. So I'll sit down with them, you know, for an hour, maybe an hour, 15 and really nut out what they did well what in the last three months, what they kind of struggled with in the last three months, and kind of like what are the lessons from that, what are the motivational factors to make change, and what are the goals going to be for the next three months. And that's actually been really successful for a lot of the kids here because it creates a real specific focus on what they need to do in terms of whether, well, first, they know what they want. They don't know how to get there. That's the real big issue. Okay, this is how we're going to break it down. And when you really break it down to almost not an hour by hour basis but like a day by day if not a week by week basis it just gives them a bit more clarity and focus on and direction on where they can put their energy into and that's probably the biggest thing you know kids put their energy everywhere and they want to fix everything all at once but we're humans we can't do that so if we can try and concentrate their energy into one area and through those performance consults and using systems like you mentioned before you know i love google calendar we use that here um some of the um, athletes here have like training diaries that they fill in we get them asking three questions you know what's the main fo focus for the session for today um, did I well it'll be two focuses um, then did I achieve that why or why not the feedback from the coach then basically restructuring why or why not they didn't get that and restructuring that as next session's goal yeah because then we can continue to chip away at that process orientated goal um, then if they do achieve it okay What's the feedback from the coach? What's the next thing that needs to be worked on? Then you're just kind of like chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at it. And it becomes like a gradual process where they, they focus on what they need to do. I know it's not fast and, you know, you know it's not like making a million dollars in two hours, but it's it's that delayed gratification that comes from it and and the results stick yeah. long-term. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think especially, like you say there, the results aren't going to come immediately. So if you can educate and illustrate to the athlete at the beginning of the block or or the session why you're working on this and how it's going to improve, um, I don't know, their kick or their running or their whatever it might be, again, you're getting that buy-in and they're going to want... So if they, the athlete knows that, okay, by doing 
this exercise I'm going to help improve my backstroke up kick or whatever it might be then they've already got that buy-in like okay well I'm going to keep doing this because it's going to improve my backstroke and I'm not going to see it like I say you're not going to see it immediately tomorrow or the next session that you do but over time it they will know that if I get stronger at this exercise or doing this movement, then we're going to see the benefits there. Cool. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Cool. Don't forget to like, subscribe on YouTube and like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. Cool. Peace Thanks. See you soon. Yeah. You have just listened to the Inner Athlete Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.